right, welcome everybody to our Tuesday morning edition of TNT. This is our Tuesday and Thursday devotional at New Hope Church, and I hope that you are doing well. Please let us know in the comments where you're watching from, and uh, also let us know how you're doing. I'm just kind of watching some of the comments here come in, and and uh, good to see everybody. Good to see everybody. I, I, I assume GM means good morning because I see that a lot. Uh, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say GM to you too. That's awesome. Uh, in the comment section also, if you have any prayer requests, please let us know. And if you're in the comment section, be sure and, and uh, let the folks know that do have prayer requests that you're praying for them. Now, I am not sure if you know this, but I'm going to say it out loud. We are now having in-person Sunday services at our four Houston area campuses. And the reason that I'm saying this out loud today, as if you may not know, is because I've talked to at least two people in the last couple of weeks who love our church. They love our church, and they've attended our church for a long, long time. But somehow, they did not know that we're having in-person services. Um, so somehow the, all the emails, many emails that we send out, uh, the, the TNT devotional announcements, the uh, social media posts, every, every which way we've tried to get the word out that we are having in-person services, they, they missed it. And so, again, I'm going to say it out loud so that nobody misses it, at least the ones that are here with us today. We are now having in-person services at New Hope Church on Sundays, and it has been a blast. Um, we are at just over 30% of our attendance from this time last year, which is what most churches are experiencing right now. Um, but even with less people in the house, I just want to say it feels amazing. It feels amazing to be back in church. And if you've been there, uh, say amen to that because, you know, other people need to know it's okay. And we're taking all the the safeguards that we need to, uh, putting all those safety practices in place, uh, disinfecting between services in, in the kids' areas and in the uh, adult areas. We're limiting the number of kids in each classroom. So I'd encourage you to get there uh, to church early enough to, to get your kid in and get them checked in because, you know, there is the potential since the classroom sizes, the classroom capacities are much smaller now that, uh, uh, anyway, you, your child may be sitting with you in the auditorium if uh, you don't get to church on time. So uh, here, here's something else for you to think about. If you've missed all the announcements and the emails, we are soon going to add back our Thursday service as well. And that's going to take place on October 29th. October 29th is when we're going to regather for our Thursday evening service. And I cannot wait for that. And if you're asking me, uh, well, if you say you can't wait for that, why are we waiting for that? Why don't we just start it this week? Well, the short answer is this. We at our church depend on volunteers to do everything. And so we can't have a service without volunteers. And right now, just honestly speaking, we barely have enough volunteers to do what we're doing. And some of those volunteers are actually doing double duty as in working uh, multiple services. So um, that just goes along with what we're experiencing overall as a church family and other churches are experiencing too, that not everybody's back, at least not yet. And so we're not at pre-COVID levels when it comes to our volunteer uh, 
uh, showing up, you know, and, and helping out. So what we're going to do is we're giving our ministry teams a month to get the word out, to contact their volunteers, at least their pre-COVID volunteers, to recruit new volunteers in order to make the Thursday service work. So if you're one of those uh, folks who you're willing to show up, you're willing to come to church in person and, and you're comfortable with that, and you're a pre-COVID-19 volunteer, but you haven't gotten back in the habit yet, I'm just asking you as your pastor, please get back in the habit. And if you are comfortable with coming back to church, but you're not a volunteer, I'm just going to tell you, man, we need you. We need you. So get involved, and you can get involved by going to the newhopechurch.tv website, and uh, click on the Get Involved tab at the very top of the page, and then it'll uh, give you a little drop-down menu. You hit Volunteers, and then you sign up. You just sign up and tell, tell them that you want to volunteer. So what's happened recently is this past uh, Sunday, I started a series on Living by the Spirit. And if you were with this, then you may know this, but as soon as I put it on the calendar, I realized that I needed a couple of weeks to teach about who the Holy Spirit is and how he um, indwells us and how we can be filled with him, with the, with the Spirit of God, before we talk about the, the fruit that he produces. So it was originally going to be just a, a series on Galatians chapter 5, and I, I wrote it down, I sent it out to our team. They made graphics based on uh, Galatians chapter 5, and it even says that on the series logo, a study from Galatians chapter 5. But if you were here, then you know that we barely got into Galatians chapter 5 this past week. And reason for that is because I have to go other places in Scripture uh, to teach more about the Holy Spirit before we get to the fruit that he produces. Uh, but today, uh, since I have the opportunity to speak to you I thought it would be beneficial, at least for the people that are tuned in right now and who are part of our church and who attend or who watch our services on the weekends, it would be a great opportunity for me to just kind of walk you into the book of Galatians and give you an overview of the book, the letter from the Apostle Paul. And then at the end of this devotional, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a block of scripture from Galatians chapter 5. And, and what I'm hoping in this devotional is to do this, is to just give you a deeper understanding of this letter, because I think it's important for us to understand context. And you could pick up your Bible and you could read Galatians, nothing wrong with that. We should be reading our Bibles, but you could pick it up. And, and honestly, a lot of what he says may not make sense to us, um, so it's always good to understand what in the world's going on before you get into a book of the Bible. And so here's some background. Here's some background on, on, on the, uh, the book of Galatians or the letter of Galatians. This is a letter written, penned, I should say, by the Apostle Paul. And even in uh, the last chapter, he says, uh, you can tell it's me because of the large letters that I use to write. Um, many people think he had a problem with his eyesight as I do as well, which we all do as we get older. So 
Um, he says, I'm writing this with my own hand. So the uh, first, first large print book of the Bible right here, Galatians. But uh, the Apostle Paul is the, is the writer. The Holy Spirit is the author, as we always say at our church. The recipient is the church in Galatia. And not that there's going to be a pop quiz at the end of the devotional today, but I think this is just probably good to understand. Galatia is not a town. It's not a town, so he's not writing to a church in a town. Galatia is a region or a Roman province. So when Paul writes, he's writing not just to a single church in a single town, but probably this letter is going to go to multiple churches in that region or in that province. And we know of at least four churches in the province of Galatia that Paul had contact with. So this is probably a letter that is going to go to that area, is going to be read in their church services at at least four different churches and, and now including us right here gathered today. So I think our church family probably understands this concept uh, more than a lot of churches might understand it because uh, we are one church with multiple locations. And so uh, this letter, even though it's addressed to one church, they had multiple locations of this church family. So the reason that he's writing is to correct a problem. There's a problem in the church. Did you know that sometimes churches have problems? Yes. So they, they were having a big problem. They were having a big problem. Um, in the church at Galatia, there were Gentile people and there were Jewish people, which two different people groups, not a problem. Um, the problem grew out of the fact that before Jesus, the Jewish folks thought that salvation was given to them based on their obedience to the law, on their works, and then they put their faith in Jesus. Uh, so, so, so Jewish folks, before Jesus were very, very moral people, very religious people before they met Jesus. Uh, Gentiles, on the other hand, not so much. Uh, you possibly remember us talking about uh, Gentiles, you know, from our study in the book of, um, or the letter to the Roman church. So, and Gentiles are the non-Jewish people, like most of us who are in this devotional today. So, uh, when, when introduced to the gospel of Jesus, most Jewish converts of Christianity at the time got it. They understood. They're like, man, we were, we were following the law because we thought that the law was going to save us. And now we realize, as Paul says, that the, the law was just a placeholder for us. And now we get salvation based on our faith in Jesus Christ. So they got it. Okay. But there were some Jewish folks, some Jewish leaders who did not get it. In fact, they thought that salvation uh, comes by works and faith. Now, there was an equation that if you can think all the way back to Easter, if you were with us, I, I shared an equation with you at that time that I think made this a little easier to understand. Uh, those folks, uh, the Judaizers, the Jewish folks who were getting it wrong believed that it was faith plus works equaled salvation. Faith plus works equaled salvation. So for them, and I drew this out at Easter, and uh, okay, I'm not going to draw it out right now, but 
for, for them, uh, works was the root of their salvation. So imagine the word works right here and a root underneath that, and then th- th- that plus faith would equal salvation. So uh, uh, works is at the root of their salvation, which is a false gospel. That's a false gospel. Works not at the root of our salvation. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace that you're saved, not through your works. Not through your works, so no one can boast. Um, so these folks in the church at Galatia that were leading people astray were saying, I've got faith, but, but I also have the works that have helped me earn salvation. And so they kept the Jewish laws that they had done in the past. And some of these people who didn't get it uh, were showing up at the gatherings of the church after Paul left. And, and, and they were preaching and they were teaching the Gentiles among them. They were saying, you're not good enough to follow Christ or to be a Christ follower, you first have to do these Jewish things according to the law. Um, and, and then that those works plus your faith will then equal true salvation. And one of the things they were teaching uh, was the law of circumcision, the law of circumcision. And, and uh, so this teaching of, you know, works plus faith equals salvation, uh, as you know, is, I hope you know, is incorrect. It's incorrect. Works plus faith doesn't equal salvation. The, the correct equation is faith equals salvation plus works. Faith equals salvation plus works. And by plus works, I mean, when you get salvation, it leads to good fruit in your life, good fruit in your life. And we'll see that later on in our uh, series that we're doing on Sundays right now. But in this biblical scenario, faith equals salvation plus works. It's faith in what Jesus did for us, which gets us salvation, which leads to good works in our life or good fruits in our life. And, and so that would be the fruit. The works would be the fruit. So uh, faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary, death, burial, and resurrection, that's the root. Salvation, which leads to, to good works, is the fruit. Okay, so fruit is the, is the result of our salvation. So I uh, hope you're following me. I, I probably should have written this down and drawn it again. But uh, the fruit that we have in our life, the good works, is something that the Spirit produces in us. God's Spirit produces good fruit in our lives, which we're going to go through those fruits in our series on the weekends. And uh, I will say this, honestly, you can have two people doing the exact same thing, like two people that are out and they're feeding the hungry or they're out doing a micro-mission trip, and one of them is doing it because they're trying to get God's approval. Like I'm going to go out because I don't feel like I'm good enough. And so I'm going to go out and do, try to be good enough for God to approve of me and love me. And they could be side by side with somebody else who says, because of my salvation, because God loves me and, and because of God's spirit in me, producing this fruit, I'm going to go do some good things. I just, I'm overflowing with this. So it's, it's like I've, I've told you before, you know, the fruits are very sim- similar in people's lives, whether they know the Lord or not, but it's the, the motivation 
it's w- what is it that's producing the fruit? And, and as I have said in the past, you know, you can take apples and you can nail them to a telephone pole and it doesn't make an apple tree, right? So you can put good fruits into your life and that doesn't make you a Christian, okay? Because the fruit for a Christian comes from the Spirit working in us. And uh, that's what, I, you know, that's what this whole series, man. I want you to get that. I want you to get it that God's Spirit is doing what he's doing inside of us in order that our lives are different, in order that we can produce the fruit that comes from God. So back to Galatians. Um, That's the issue in the church. That's the issue in the church at Galatia. Some guys have come in, they're teaching this false gospel, and Paul is incredibly angry. He is very, very angry. If you don't believe me, you're going to see when I read the text uh, there's a verse, it's verse, it's verse 12, um, and I, I, w- I don't know that I could read this verse in church, but I think I can read it in the devotional. So I'm going to read it today in the devotional, just a few minutes, Galatians chapter 5, verse 12. And the only reason I'm doing so today is because it gives us an indicator of how upset The Apostle Paul is with this false gospel that is infiltrating these churches and leading people astray. These bullies, bullies is what they were, spiritual bullies had come into the church and they're telling the Gentile believers, you got to do this in order to be a Christ follower. You got to obey these laws, these laws right here in order for God to love you and uh, in order for you to be saved and Especially for you guys, the law of circumcision. You're uncircumcised, you gotta be, you gotta be circumcised. And, and Paul says over in chapter one, he says, I am astonished. He's talking to the Gentile believers. I'm astonished that some of you are giving in to these bullies. I can't believe it. But that's what people do. That's what people do. Even today, even today we see bullies nowadays. If you've, if you, depending on what news you watch, you see, you see or read, like I read the news, I don't watch the news, but you see bullies uh, <clears throat> saying, you, you got to say this or you got to put this on your website or this phrase or this hashtag, you got to use this or you got to kneel or you got to hold your hand up or you got to agree with us, or we will threaten you, we will yell in your face, or we will cancel you, or we will boycott your business. And, and every day you see companies and you see people acquiesce. But let me just say something. That's, that's, if you're wanting to win people to your cause, that's a very poor way to do it. Because the moment that that bullying pressure lets up, those people are going to be gone. They're going to be gone. But in Christ, as you'll see in the sermon on Sunday, when we are led by the Spirit of God, there is freedom. There's freedom. We got freedom in Christ. And it doesn't mean that we don't do the right thing. We should, and hopefully we will do the right thing. Uh, but we, in, we engage in the right behaviors because we're being led by God's Spirit, not because we're being coerced by bullies. Now, with that background in mind, 
Let me read you most of chapter 5. And you can follow along if you would like to in, uh, in your own Bible, uh, Galatians chapter 5. And just be prepared uh, when we get to verse 12. But also, I'm hoping that the context that I just gave you of what's going on in the church will help some of these verses to make sense. I'm going to try not to stop too much, okay? Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and beginning at verse 1. Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Real quick, meaning, meaning, if you try to win God's approval by exterior behavior, then you're trusting in yourself. You're trusting in your own works. You're not trusting in Jesus. And if you start trusting in your own works, then you got to go all the way, man. You got everything about you has to be perfect if you're going to trust in yourself. Verse three, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the entire law. Meaning if you're going to try to win God's approval by obeying the law, then you've got to obey every single law perfectly. And also, let me say, this has, this has nothing to do with a common practice of circumcision now. Okay? This is grown men in the church who are submitting to something because these bullies are telling them, unless you do this, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to be a follower of Christ. Verse 4, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For, the, for through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And I, I don't want to stop here long, but I will say faith in Jesus, as we talked about last week in church, is what brings the Spirit into us. Then that Spirit produces the fruit. So faith producing this fruit, expressing itself in love. Verse 7, you were running a good race. You were. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you to keep you from obeying the truth? So you, you can imagine people running a race and, and remember, uh, what was that girl's name back in the Olympics? Somebody cut her off. Remember that? She was going to win the marathon or whatever. And, uh, anyway, I don't remember her name. Mary, Mary, Mary Lou Decker, that rings a bell. But anyway, somebody cut her off and she fell down and she cried. He says, who, who cut in on you? You were running a good race. You were doing fine. Then somebody cut you off. Verse 8, that kind of uh, persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. False teachers ultimately pay a high price for false teaching. Verse 11, brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? 
in that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. And, he, and here's the verse that I would have great trouble reading out loud in church. And I'll read it to you, okay, right now. Remember, he's talking about circumcision here and uh, the, the bullies forcing adult Gentile men to be circumcised, to be a part of the church and saying that's what you need to do to win God's grace. Verse 12, as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Uh, no comment here other than to say the Apostle Paul is ticked. Okay, Verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So he's saying, yes, yes, we are free, but just because you're free doesn't mean you can do anything you want. Okay, we're still, we're still according to Galatians 5, we're still living under the Spirit and the control of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. If you do, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit, because if a person is led by the Spirit, they're doing what God wants them to do. Then he says in verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, which we'll talk about on Sunday, believe it or not, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, uh, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because they are not living by the Spirit. And then, we're going to stop there. But then he goes on and he gives a list of the fruits of the Spirit, which we will cover in detail in our series. So how do we avoid the bad list doing those things uh, since we have freedom? We got freedom. So how do we avoid doing the bad things and, 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 do, and instead doing the good things that are on this good list that we're going to study in this series? Here's how. It's pretty simple. We live by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We keep in step with the Spirit. In fact, living by the Spirit is the Christian life. I'll tell you, man, you can study Scripture and you can try to find all the techniques for, you know, doing God's will. Like, how do we do God's will? What are the, what's the formula for doing God's will? And you're not going to find a formula there. You're not going to find a formula in scripture. Why is that? Why isn't it if, it, if God wants us to do his will, why isn't it just in there, bam, 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 uh, and all of a sudden you'll be doing God's will? 
When you study scripture to try to find out the formula or the techniques, you won't find any, but you will find a ton of verses on having a relationship with God through God the Son, Jesus, walking in the Spirit of God. Why? Because God's will is not a formula. God's will is a relationship. It's a relationship that we engage in. It's a relationship that we nurture, a relationship that frees us from spiritual bullies and puts us into a loving family who cares for each other, who our supernatural instincts because of the spirit in us takes over and we want to do the right thing. We want to follow him. And it's a great family to be a part of serving a great God led by his spirit in us. And uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of a church family with you guys. Much love to you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, uh, you're so good to us. You've done so many awesome, wonderful things in our lives to, to, to mold us and shape us. And as I said on Sunday, you take us to equipping school and sometimes it's wonderful and sometimes it hurts a little bit. But Lord, do your will in us. Do your will in us. Lead us because we know that you'll lead us in the way that is everlasting. And I pray, God, that uh, instead of giving in to the bullies around us, that we would be, in fact, led by your Holy Spirit, who, who will lead us in the path that you have for us. Help us to keep in step with him, Lord. I pray for those who um, are still, you know, in the middle of this thing that we're going through, Lord, still struggling. I pray for those who are maybe feeling a little bit down right now. And I, I pray, God, that you would just give them what they need right now. Give them what they need. I, I've seen a couple people talking about how they've lost their job recently. Lord, help those folks. Uh, help those who are struggling emotionally, uh, mentally. Help those who are struggling financially. Uh, help us to be spirit-led even in these moments when we don't want to be spirit-led sometimes, Lord. And I pray for good outcomes. And I pray that not only there would be good outcomes that come into our lives, but there would be good things that come out of our lives. I pray this all in your son's name. And all the people said, amen. All right, guys, love you so much. Hope that you have a wonderful day. And uh, we will see you again on Thursday morning for our uh, Thursday edition of TNT. Love you so much. God bless. Bye.